Welcome to a message from Oasis Church. For more information about Oasis Church and how you can get connected, please visit MyOasisChurch.com. Here's Pastor Mark Pearl. Enjoy the message. Let's find uh, Matthew chapter 16. I thought about going to the Gospel of Mark again, but I just thought, well, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to Matthew because Mark would get a big head because we keep going to Mark over and over and over again. But today we're doing Matthew's Gospel. Amen. I told Mark the other night, I said, I had a friend, Phyllis will know who this is. It seemed like every service he preached out of Mark chapter 4. And uh, it was always good. But uh, there's a lot of good stuff in Mark chapter 4. Are you alive today? All right. I'm just making sure you seem kind of quiet. Matthew chapter 16, go there. What am I going to talk about? I'm going to talk about, you know, I just felt like the Lord wanted me to talk about uh, the subject of revelation knowledge today. You know, there's two types of knowledge in the earth. There's sense knowledge, you know, the things you pick up with your five physical senses, you, you know. And then there's revelation knowledge. That's knowledge that comes from God by His Spirit. Praise God. And, um, you know, both are needed, but one's more important than the other one. Amen? You know, sometimes revelation knowledge, if you really dig this out in the Greek, it's actually, it's actually referred to as exact knowledge. Exact knowledge. That means it's, it's, it's perfect you know what I'm saying? I mean, you know, we can communicate with one another, but we can, we can, you might, I might say something a little off and, you know, I've said things before that, you know, that we're a little off and, uh, you know, Phyllis looked confused. I'm thinking, why is she confused? This is pretty simple. Then she tells me what I said and I thought, well, that wasn't what I wanted to say, you know, or maybe you hear it different. You know what I'm saying? You know, how many wives have sent your husband to the store and you told him to get bread, potatoes and tomatoes and he came back with Oreos uh, coffee and milk, yeah, or potato chips. Well, what happened there? Well, either he's rebellious or there was a lack of communication here somewhere. How many know that that can happen, right? You know, people think you're saying one thing and you're not saying that at all, you know? But when it's revelation knowledge, it's direct from God's spirit to your spirit, it's uncontaminated. And actually, that's what the Greek refers to it as exact knowledge. When Paul prayed for the church at Colossae to be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding, he said it's exact knowledge is what he's praying about. Be filled with exact knowledge, knowledge that is exact from the Spirit of God. Now, you know, we need sense knowledge because you need it just to live in this earth. I mean, you know what I'm saying. You're going to need sense knowledge to get home. But we never let sense knowledge overrule, overrule revelation knowledge. And we'll talk about that in a little bit here if we have time. But, you know, there's just some things that I just want to talk about because knowledge is, you know, let me say it this way. Daniel prophesied that men would go true and fro and knowledge would increase in the earth in the last days. Well, I'm telling you, man, the last 20 years, knowledge has just increased tremendously. I mean, we are so knowledgeable now that we're making things now, we think if we're not careful, it might just take us over. Yeah. Artificial intelligence. Yeah. I mean, a few years back, I heard Dr. Barkley talking about artificial intelligence. You know, he was way ahead of the curve on that. I'm thinking, well, you know, well, I, I know what he was really talking about, to be honest with you. I mean, it's like artificial intelligence. I mean, is he, talk, is he talking about me? <laughs> My intelligence is artificial? I don't know, you know. But, you know, I, I, but he was way ahead of the curve at least way ahead of me, 
And now we're hearing them talk about artificial intelligence and they're concerned it might take us over. We might make something that takes us over. I still don't understand it because I just take my gun and shoot and kill the thing. A few blasts from a shotgun ought to destroy any kind of AI that we have. I don't know. But anyway, that's what they're saying, right? Because we, are so, we have so uh, increased, just, just since the 1980s, we have so increased. You know, I thought I was high tech when I got a pager. You remember the pagers? They were just one of the most annoying devices that ever hit the earth. I mean, people, I had someone page me one time, you know, and I'm out, you know, I'm out where there isn't any phone. So, you know, you think, well, maybe, maybe one of the sheep needs something. It's an emergency. I mean, what, you know, and, and so, you know, I have to go find a phone. I find a phone and all I want to know is what time the service starts. You know what I'm saying? I mean, <laughs> So they got pretty annoyed. Then we came out with cell phones, you know, and, all, and, and so forth. And, and all that's good, nothing necessarily wrong with it. But, you know, it's like, where's this going to end at? Where's it going to end at? I used to, as a, as a young person, I'd watch, you know, come home from school and watch Star Trek. And, um, you know, you'd see Captain Kirk flip that thing out. You know, and I'm thinking, well, that, you know, I look back now and said, well, he had a cell phone way before we did. And he, he would call Scotty to beam him up. And we got that today, you know. Because, you, you know, my, my second or third phone was one of those flip phones. And you flip that thing open and, and beam me up. And that beam me up part, I don't know that that's that far, far off or far away. I just like seem like that's fantasy land. Now I'm beginning to think, well, I don't know that we couldn't do that someday. Wouldn't that be wonderful? Well, I think it would. I don't know about you, but I'd rather be being, you know, you know, nine hours away in like 30 seconds than several hours. But I'm just simply saying to you, y'all took me serious like that. I don't, you don't, you don't really believe that could happen. I don't know. It's getting pretty crazy. But, the, but, but here's the thing. See, men depend on that. They depend on their natural knowledge, and natural knowledge is not going to, it's, you know, it's not going to work in the kingdom necessarily. It's like Dr. Berkeley said one time. I thought this was really good. He said, we bring, into, we bring what we know into this kingdom and it doesn't belong here. God thinks different than we think. He thinks higher than we think. Amen. So let's just look at this. If you found Matthew, how many know Jesus preached with revelation knowledge? You know, you, 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 hear, you, see, you read this where it says, they were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as uh, one that had authority and not as the scribes. What was the difference? He's teaching by revelation knowledge. The scribes are just teaching mental knowledge. And you still see that in preaching today. It's like it, it, it doesn't affect the spirit of a man. It doesn't go deep. Amen. So here in Matthew chapter 16, you all found that? Matthew 16. Let's see. Let's go to, uh, <clears throat> let's go to verse 13. And Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, and he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And some said that you are John the Baptist, or Elias, or Elijah. Others, Jeremiah, are one of the prophets. See, what are they doing? They're just, they're just, they're just answering by, uh, you know, sense knowledge. Well, he looks like he could be John the Baptist. He looks like he could be Elijah. He looks like he could be Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. But how many know they're all wrong? They're all wrong. Jesus said to them, but whom say ye that I am? How many know that's what's important? And Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, 
the Son of the living God. Hallelujah. For once, Peter got it right. That has to feel good. Don't you men love that when once every three or four months you get it right? That feels so good. When the wife says, well, you're right. Think, Say that again. Hold it. I'm, I'm going to get my phone to record that. So this is the first time in th- you know, three months I've been right. Thank God. Peter got it right, didn't he? Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee. See, what's he saying? You didn't get this from sense knowledge. All the people using their sense knowledge, they don't know who I am. But you got this. He says, but my Father, which is in heaven. What's he saying? It was revealed to you by my Father, which is in heaven. You got some revelation knowledge about who I am. This came from my Father. You got it right. Hallelujah. And I say unto you that you are Peter and upon this rock. Now, he's not talking about Peter being the rock. He's talking about the revelation of him being the Christ. Upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Now, (laughs) I see four things here in this, this passage that revelation knowledge will do for you. Number one, it'll cause you to be blessed. He said, Peter, you're blessed. How, it'll bring blessing into your life. Amen. Now, think about this. You know, <clears throat> how many uh, remember, you know, the, uh, the movie back from the, I think it was the early 70s, might have been late 60s, I think it was early 70s, called Tommy. Nobody gets around much, do you, anymore? Tommy, you know, that, you remember the, the, the who did the song of the deaf, dumb, and blind man sure plays a mean pinball, all right? That, they made a movie out of that. And the guy was deaf, dumb, and blind, but he could play a mean pinball. So he had lost all three senses. But what would happen to a person if they lost all five? If you lost all five, Helen Keller, I mean, just amazing what she was able to do. It was amazing. But what if you didn't have any of them? You couldn't contact the natural world whatsoever, whatsoever. If you lost all five senses, your contact with the natural world, it's totally gone. I mean, you lose your sight, how many know you can still hear? You can still smell, you can still taste, you can still feel. But if you lose all five of them, you have no contact whatsoever with the physical world. That is, that is exactly what a, what a person is like that doesn't have spiritual revelation. They have no contact with the, with the world of the Spirit. They have no contact with the kingdom of God. And you get born again and still not have all, all your senses because you, you're not receiving revelation knowledge from the Word of God. Is, 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 anybody, are, is that making sense to you? See, so you, you could just be totally oblivious to things that other people that they they know is going on in the kingdom you know because you you don't have revelation you got to have revelation knowledge i mean revelation knowledge is 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 your five physical senses in the spirit realm it's your contact with that realm 
Amen. And, and you know, now we, now, now I'm going to, I want to talk about this a little bit later, but, but, you know, we, we need to understand that, you know, sense knowledge has got its place, but it's not, it's not to take, overtake revelation knowledge. Amen. So number one, you're blessed. Then he said, Peter, uh, it'll make a rock out of you. Amen. Uh, to, if you're going to live a victorious Christian sock, rock solid life, you got to have revelation knowledge. Well, I mean, you got to expose yourself to the word to get revelation knowledge. You, you know, it's like <laughs> this minister, he said, I, yeah, I had a school. He had, that, that time he, he had a school, a Christian school in his church, you know. And he said, you know, he said, he said, one day I just decided to walk through the classrooms, you know, just show up, you know, just see what's going on, you know. And he said, I'm walking in this classroom where these kids are at, you know. And one of the kids stopped him and said, oh, pray, 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 pray. He said, what for? He said, we're about to have a test. Pray that I'll, I'll, get, it, I'll get the answers right. He said, no, he, no, he said, pray. He said, pray that the Holy Spirit, he asked the pastor to pray this. He said, pray that the Holy Spirit will bring the answers to my remembrance. So this pastor said, did you study the material? He said, no. He said, well, he wouldn't have anything to bring back to your remembrance. How many know you got to put something in there for the Holy Spirit to do something with it? How many know he is our teacher, right? The Bible says that when he's the comforter. And when he comes, he will lead us into all the truth. He will teach us. See, that's what that scripture means in 1 John chapter 2, verse 20 and 27, where it says, You have an anointing from the Holy One, and you know all things, but the anointing which abideth in you, it teaches you, and you don't need any man to teach you, but that same anointing will teach you all things. Obviously, he's not saying you don't need teachers. God put teachers in the body of Christ. God put pastors. But when you study it, what did he say? He said there's an anointing in you. No, no teacher, no man, no pastor can give you revelation knowledge. Only you can receive that from the Spirit of God yourself. I can give you information, but for become revelation, you have to get it from the Holy Spirit. Amen. It has to be revealed to you. I can tell you, I can tell you things. It may be accurate, it may be true, but it won't in fact impact your life or affect your life unless it becomes revelation to you. Now, I've watched this over the years. You preach a message, and some people's lives get totally changed. And other people are like, well, what was that all about, you know? And yet, they're not dumb people. They're intelligent people. But the point is, for some reason, they didn't get revelation of it. But when revelation hits you, I, you know, I remember when I first got saved, a revelation after revelation after revelation came to me because I didn't know anything. And I would, but, and, but I was giving the Spirit of God something to work with. I remember listening to people preach, you know, I, it was cassette tape in those days. And, you know, I was hungry. I wasn't just, you know, just getting fed on Sunday morning, Sunday night. And, and uh, uh, I think our midweek was Wednesday night or Thursday night. I can't remember. But I wasn't just getting fed on Sunday and midweek. I was feeding myself during the week. And I, I, would, I would look one time, I look back at my notes I would take. I'd listen to these cassette tapes of preachers preaching. And this one tape, I had written almost every word down off that tape because everything the man said on the tape was revelation to me. When he said, turn the please turn the tape over, that was revelation to me. <laughs> and I was listening to this one tape. I don't know if I still have it. It's an old one of Brother Copeland's. And... <clears throat> You know, he said, in the beginning, God said, please turn the tape over for the conclusion. I thought, is that what God said in the beginning? Turn the tape over. God's like me. He's listening to tapes. Praise God. No, I just, I was hungry, man. I was reading every book I could find on faith, on the Holy Spirit, on prayer. 
I was listening to every tape I could find. I was just, you know, we didn't have the TV stuff back then, all the preachers on TV. You could catch somebody maybe on Sunday, Sunday, but you were at church. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't like it is today with all the preachers on TV. You didn't have that back then. They, we didn't have all, that came along later. Amen. And so, we, but, but you could still, listen, today it's so easy to avail yourself and to uh, make yourself available for revelation knowledge because it's just everywhere. I mean, it's everywhere. You don't have to have cassettes any longer. Miss Phyllis says, boo. Yeah, I mean, because when she wants, you know, when she wants a vehicle, it's just hard to get her a vehicle. She wants, she wants a smaller vehicle that's big. And she wants to have a cassette player and a CD player. And I said, don't make them. You know, so anyway, yeah. But, you know, she already had that. But anyway, <laughs> how do we understand? You don't have to, you, you don't have to be without knowledge and revelation today. Why? Because it's everywhere. It's on your phone. It's amazing, man. You know, I remember getting boxes of cassette tapes I'd order from ministers, and there'd be big old boxes, just big old boxes. I'd be so excited to get those, man. It's Christmas. Praise God. And now all of those that I got, everything I've got in my library, which I've given stuff away just so I could keep it, so I could keep it in my house. I've given it away. I brought bunches here at church and just made it available because I got to do something with it. I got too much. And all of that, all of that today, all of that, all those hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of cassettes and CDs, all of those right now will fit in my shirt pocket. Because of the technology. I can put them all on my phone. Man, we ought to be bursting with revelation knowledge. And if you avail yourself to it, how many know the Spirit of God will teach you? Amen? Right? So... Listen, this is what will make a rock out of you. The Bible says, God said His people are destroyed for what? Lack of knowledge. Lack of knowledge. And Isaiah said, my people go into captivity because they have no knowledge. So the more we know, the less captivity we're going to be in. The less destruction is going to go on in our life. When I first got saved, I heard Gloria Copeland say this. I never forgot. I still haven't forgot. I still live by it. She said, Ken and I found out the more word we got in us, the freer we'd be. I thought, if that's the truth, I'm going to get as much in me as I can possibly get in me. Hallelujah. And you know what I found out? It's true. The more I got in me as a new believer, the freer I was. <laughs> Praise God. So it'll make a rock out of me. The third thing, the gates of hell won't prevail against you. Man, hell can't beat revelation knowledge. Right? Remember that, uh, remember then, and I think it's Acts 19 maybe it is, <clears throat> where those seven sons of Siva tried to cast that demon out of that person? Remember what he said? <laughs> that demon said, they, they said, we adjure you in the name of Paul. We adjure you in the name of Jesus, excuse me, whom Paul preaches. Come out. Well, Paul had a revelation. They didn't. They went out of the house naked and wounded. You don't get a revelation, you lose your britches over it. 
See, here's the thing about it. See, that, that demon said, Jesus I know, and Paul I know. You look it up in the Greek and dig it out. It literally means this. Jesus, I recognize. He's the son of the living God. When he'd come into the synagogues, they'd, they'd say, what have we to do with you, O holy one? Have you come to torment us before the time? And that when it says Paul, I know, it's literally this Paul I've heard about. I've heard of Paul. He's, just, he's destroying the, our kingdom all over the place. See, he had a revelation. It's not enough, you know. Well, pastor said, well, it's not enough. You got, I mean, it's got to become a revelation to you. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Are you with me now? Now, I want you to go to uh, Matthew 14. Just back up a few uh, pages there. Matthew chapter 14. Well, oh, wait a minute. I forgot to give you the fourth one. I told you I was going to four. It'll give you keys. Hallelujah. You go ahead to Matthew 14. But he said, and I'll give you the keys of the kingdom. It'll give you keys. Well, how many know with keys, man, you can lock and unlock. You can open doors and shut doors. What is the key? Well, Jesus said the lawyers of the day had taken away the key of knowledge. Knowledge is a key. When you know something, you can operate on it. You can be free. You shall know the truth, and the truth will make you free. When you get revelation, it's not talking about knowing it up here. It's talking about getting it down here in your heart. Amen. Getting it down here. When you get it down here, man, it'll make you free, praise God. You can lock the devil out. You can open up doors. Now, I want to go to Matthew 14. Now, I know I talk about this passage of Scripture a lot, but I love it, all right? We're going to talk about Peter walking on the water. I see a, I see a lot of things on this. I could take this passage and preach for a while on it, but I'm, I just want to show you a, one, another thing I see out of this passage. <clears throat> you know, one thing that I'll say to you and I, <clears throat> about this passage is, you know, Jesus said to him, O thou of little faith. But I thought, you know, he got out of the boat. That's, that's better than everybody else did, right? He got out of the boat. And I, I was reading that passage and it dawned on me, you know what? Little faith will get out. But it takes great faith to stay out. A lot of people start stuff. It's easy to start something. You get excited, you start something. But when the hell breaks loose, can you stay out? Amen. Now, look at this. You know, this, we won't read the whole thing, but you know the, the background. Jesus is walking on the water to come to his disciples. Thank God they, you know, they kept at it, didn't they? They're out there rolling, you know, and, and uh, they're keeping at it. You know, they, they should have been a, you know, a two-hour tour. <laughs> I remember that. It was actually a three-hour tour for them, yes. But this was, this was like from one side, it was about two hours, and they've been out there for about eight or nine hours trying to get across. Think about it. They just kept going, didn't they? They stuck with it. They could have turned the boat around, and that wind would have took them right back without much effort. But they did what Jesus said, go to the other side, and there they go. Now look at this. He comes to them walking on the water. You don't see that every day, do you? And notice what it said, verse 28. It says, Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it's you, bid me come unto you on the water. What's Jesus going to say? Well, it's not me. Don't get out. No, he said, come. Everybody say, come. In my, my Bible, come is in red. That means Jesus said it, right? How many of this is revelation? And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. Now, you've got to know he had some kind of revelation in his heart to get out of the boat. 
nobody's going to step out of the boat into that storm unless they got some revelation that it's going to be okay. Had to have. He wouldn't have done it. But the problem was, is verse 30 says, But when he saw the wind boisterous, he became afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried, saying, Lord, save me. Well, what happened? Well, he switched from revelation knowledge to sense knowledge. How many know you can do that? You can get revelation of what God wants to do in your life, but then you see in your senses things aren't going right, and you can switch back over to the sense knowledge, and it'll sink you. But if you stick with what, if you stick with what God said to you, I don't care what it looks like, you're coming out on the other side. I don't care how bad it looks, you're going to stick, stick with what the Word says. Amen? And when he saw the wind boisterous, verse 30, he was afraid and beginning to sink. He cried, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said to him, O thou of little faith, why did you doubt? See, you know, sense knowledge is fine as, as long as it's not trying to supersede revelation knowledge that you have. Now, I have learned from the Word of God. I'm just going to give you an example. I've learned from the Word of God about the, the laws, the principles, the laws and principles of sowing and reaping. They've become, I'm not saying they can't become more a revelation. I mean, you can, always, you can always go deeper, right? But they become a revelation to me. I don't let, I don't let the natural tell me whether I'm going to tithe or not. I don't let the natural tell me whether I'm going to give or not. I don't wait until my ship comes in. I've got to send a ship out. See, but since now I just say, oh, you can't afford to tithe. You can't afford to give. You can't afford not to when you get the revelation of it. Because that's where the blessing comes in. See, I want God helping me. I don't just want my natural knowledge of how to use finances to help me. You should use that. Don't misunderstand. But I don't want to just depend on what I know about finances to bail me out. I want some supernatural help. Amen? Especially in the world we live in today, it's a mess. So thank God there's super... Come on, are you all getting what I'm saying? There's supernatural help here. And so I don't, I don't just, you know, people, well, I crunched the numbers. Well, okay, all right, there's nothing wrong with crunching the numbers, but don't let crunching the numbers supersede the Word of God and the revelation. Some people need to crunch the numbers. Right? Proverbs even tells us if you love pleasure, you're going to be a poor man. What does that mean? If you, look, if you spend more than you make and you keep doing it for a long time, you will be broke. So that's just natural law. But yet at the same time, I don't stop giving because it tightens up. Matter of fact, I've went to God before and behind, thousands of dollars behind. And the Lord said, give money away. I'm thinking, this is not smart. This is not smart. Matter of fact, he told me one time, he said, I want you to give this to this, this ministry, this church. Because uh, I was talking about we needed like $15,000. We needed $15,000. I don't know about you, but, you know, I mean, that, that, that's a chunk of change. And the Lord said, I want you to give like $1,100 to this other ministry. And I'm thinking... And he said this to me. I heard this in my spirit. He wasn't audibly, but I heard this in my spirit. It'll bless them. I said, well, it'll bless me. I said that back. It'll bless me. I'm the one that needs the money. I don't know where they do or not. I obeyed God, and in about two weeks, I had the $15,000. That is not natural knowledge. 
That's revelation knowledge, right? Right? Now, that was a revelation to me, right? Brother Hagin said one time a minister came in and preached to the Ramah students and talked about how the Lord told him to give, him his, give his car away. This minister said, the Lord let me give my car away. And he said, I got a brand new car. He said, the students went out and did that. And he said, they walked all semester. Because well, it was this man's revelation, not theirs. They, the Spirit of God didn't say that to them. Amen. Now, I've got the Word of God telling me to give, but you know what I'm saying. I mean, something like that, you better hear from the Holy Ghost unless you're just wealthy enough you can do it. I've given cars away. I've given away because the Lord told me to. I've given away just because I could, I could afford to do it. And God will bless both. But, you know, you've got to use a little bit of... You don't, you, don't let, you, you don't throw away sense knowledge, but you don't let sense knowledge rule your life. You don't let it be higher than the Word of God. Amen. I don't care what the, the, the senses tell me. If the Word tells me something different, I'm going with the Word every time. I don't care what the senses tell me. Amen. I've watched that year after year after the years. And when you do it God's way, it always works out. Amen. You know, Pastor Chuck was preaching on this. I think it was Pastor Chuck preaching on talking about Ishmael. Was that you? You might not remember, but uh, but because I, I remember I wrote down I needed to preach on I've got an Ishmael because everybody's had one before. You know what Ishmael was? Ishmael was sense knowledge. The revelation was, old man, old woman, you're going to have a child. Now that didn't rest on the senses because when you're 90 and he's 100, you don't even sleep in the same tent. Right? You know, I remember my grandparents, they didn't sleep in the same bedroom. As a kid, I didn't know why. I got older, I found out why. Well, I'll move right along. Praise the Lord. All they did is kept one another awake by snoring. Because there wasn't anything else going to be going on. All right, moving right along. I thought we were all adults in here, but I guess not. But anyway, praise God. See, Sarah and Abraham are, you know, are 90 or 100 years old. Sense knowledge tells you this isn't the way it's going to work. So Sarah says, why don't you, you know, you know have sex with Hagar, and, and maybe that's the way God's going to do it. You know what I'm saying? And, and guess what? That was, that was sense knowledge. They got an Ishmael. Well, I think it was used preaching on it because I wrote down, I still got it in my Bible. I wrote down my notes, preach on I've got an Ishmael because everybody's had one before where you went by sense knowledge instead of the Word of God or revelation knowledge of the Word, and you got a mess on your hands. And those aren't fun. But thank God, God will help you then. He Even with Ishmael, He said, I'll bless him. I'll, I'll, I'll help you out here. <laughs> God is so good. <laughs> Amen. All right. Come on, are you getting anything today? All right, go with me. Let me see where we want to go. Go with me to 1 Corinthians. We're getting ready to close out here in just a few minutes here. Go with me to 1 Corinthians. But you have to let revelation knowledge supersede the sense knowledge. It doesn't mean you throw away all sense knowledge and say, you know, I don't, I don't, use, I don't use my brain, I don't use my head. No, you get in trouble doing that too. But you just don't let it get in the way of what's been revealed to you by the Spirit of God from the Word or just by the Spirit where He speaks something to you. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, some things, 
some things the Holy Spirit, now let me just say this, the Holy Spirit's not goofy, He's not weird, but some things He says sometimes don't, don't, does not make sense to the natural mind. It doesn't. It doesn't make sense. But having you know, the Lord, you know, you know I, I've had times where I've been in a restaurant and the Lord should give them a lot of money. It didn't make any sense because I'm, you know, it, it's not the twenty percent, Lord. But having you know, He happens to know something you don't know, and how I many know He doesn't always have to tell you everything He knows. You just obey, right? See what you know. If he doesn't do, if he doesn't speak to you, then you use your natural common sense, which there's not much of that left in America. But thank God you people still have it, right? All right, but you use that. But but if he speaks to you, or if you know something that the word says, you go by that. Amen. So you have, you know, years ago, some of you will know this name. Some of you won't know this name. But he's a good preacher, good pastor. He's not pastoring longer. He's just traveling. But a guy by the name of Happy Caldwell. Well, Brother Happy, you know, he's, he's been a great preacher, Bible teacher in the body of Christ for 50 years or, or more now. And pastored in Little Rock for a number of years. He's not pastoring there now. It's still his church, he's still, but he's not, he's not running the day-to-day business of it. But he said, you know, he got saved at the Grand Ole Opry. Johnny Cash was there, and they were performing, and Johnny Cash became a believer in Jesus, you know. And so he's going there to hear some country music, you know. I fell down in a burning ring of fire. He's going there to hear that. But what he gets is the gospel message preached to him after, you know, to get him out of that burning ring of fire, you know. <clears throat> and so he gets saved. His job is he's a beer distributor. He goes around and sells beer. That's what his job is. So he, can, he keeps on doing his job, you know, and he said, I would go into these beer places and get their beer orders, you know, and, and tell them I got saved, you know. And he said, you know, he said, I was in one place and the, the guy, you know, running the bar said, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, I got some gospel albums in the back and brings them out, you know, and starts crying, you know, and all that. He said, he said after a while, the Lord said, well, Hap, you, you need to quit your job and, and you need to get ready for the ministry, you know. And so... But he didn't have any income. He had money saved up, you know, but he didn't have any income coming in. But the Lord said, I want you to spend eight hours a day like you're in Bible school. I want you, like you're going to work and like you're in Bible school. I want you to spend eight hours a day in my word and get ready for the ministry. Well, how many know that's, listen, thank God for Bible colleges that teach the word of God, but somebody's got to teach the word of God. It's like a guy said to me years ago, he said, what Bible college did you go to? And I said, well, where did you go to? He said, well, I learned from, I went and learned from this professor. I said, well, who did he learn from? He said, well, he learned from Professor so-and-so. I said, well, who did he learn from? He said, well, I don't know. I said, well, somebody better heard from God along the line. You don't have anything. You know, because he's trying to put me down because I hadn't been. But my point is, and I'm not against it, I'm not knocking that. If they're teaching the Bible, praise the Lord for them. But my point is, somebody's got to hear from God if we're, all, if we're going to know anything. I've heard people, guys, come out of Bible college and say, I don't even know more about what I'm supposed to do now than I did when I went in. Matter of fact, I'm more confused. Why? Because they didn't get taught the Word. 
They got taught, you know, about the Byzantine Empire when Job went through his trial. I don't give a flip when Job went through his trial. I want to know how he got out of it. I don't care what year it was. So they got a lot of head knowledge, but not any heart revelation. So now there's Bible schools that do teach heart revelation. Thank God for them. They're good. They're doing, you know, people, you know, are being blessed by that. That's, I'm not knocking it. I'm just saying it's got to be right, though. But anyway, so the Lord told him, he said, you just spend eight hours a day in my word. He said, I did that, you know. And he said, you know, after a while, the money started getting tight because, you know, I'm not taking any income in. Well, how many of the world looks at that and says, you're a nut? Not if God told you. Not if he really told you. It wasn't like he said, be lazy and lay on the couch and you know, watch Flintstone reruns. He said, get ready to preach. Well, that takes some time, especially if you don't know anything. And so... You know, he's just, uh, he's doing that. And he said, you know, he said, uh, I'd pay all my bills and then there wouldn't be any money to tithe on. So he'd be like, I'd tell the Lord, said, I'm sorry, Lord, there's nothing left. You know, I mean, I'd like to tithe, but I don't have any money left. You know, and he said, that went on. And finally, you know, the Lord said to him, he said, happy, he said, the problem is, is you got me on the wrong end. I'm last. If you got anything left over, you give me the leftovers. He said, put me first. He said, I thought to myself, well, that'll work, won't it? He said, you know, when I started doing that, he said, I could always tithe and pay my bills. Now, see, the world would advise him, well, if you got anything left over, give it to the preacher. You know how they think, like the preacher gets everything that goes in the offering. Some people think that preachers are, are uh, tax exempt. Oh, we pay more tax than you do. The IRS considers us self-employed. So they make us pay a tax for that. So, anyway. People got funny ideas. Lady tried to give us, we, and we needed it today. I mean, this was our beginning days. We didn't have any money, man. We were, we were busted, you know, kind of like we were still eating, thank God. But lady wanted to give us 3000 Remember that? Wanted to give us $3,000 worth of silver. Man, you don't know how bad we needed $3,000 worth of silver. We needed $3,000 worth of anything. But she said, I want, to, I want a tax write-off for that. I said, we can't do that. We're not tax. Oh, she, she, we just couldn't get it through her head that you can't just give. We're not, uh, I, we're not a, a 501c3. We're Mark and Phyllis. <laughs> I finally told Phyllis, I said, just put it in the church and forget it. Give her a write-off on it. But, you know, I'm saying because people have funny ideas. Well, you know, he, he said, when I turned that around, see, it worked. Why? Because, because he did it by revelation and not by head knowledge. Do you find <laughs> 1 Corinthians? All right. You don't mind if I read this and then I'll let the women have lunch. <laughs> I don't know what us guys are going to do. Go hungry, I guess. Come on, anybody feeling sorry for us yet? No, I'm hearing a bunch of no's. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, chapter 2. You there? The Bible says, verse 9, But as it is written, I hath not seen, nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. Well, how you know, natural man hasn't picked it up. See, I didn't know. I thought getting saved meant, well, you don't go to hell. That's a good thing. You go to church and be bored for an hour. That's a bad thing, but it's worth it to escape hell. And then you got to dress up to go do it. 
when I got saved, it didn't take me no time to find out, my goodness, there's a lot in this kingdom. I mean, I've been saved two weeks. Somebody gave me some of Brother Hagin's cassettes. Mom already had some of Brother Copeland's cassettes I was listening to. I'm thinking, where's this been all my life? I got saved at six months if I'd have known that. Seriously. If I'd known it was this good, and there's this much blessing, I'd have came out of the womb singing Amazing Grace. How sweet that sound. My gosh, I didn't know it. But guess what? Verse 10 says, But God hath revealed them unto us by His Spirit. Amen. That word revealed means to take the cover off the pot. Hallelujah. So you can see what's inside. For the Spirit searcheth all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the Spirit of man which is in him? Even so the things of God knows no man but the Spirit of God. So what's he saying? Nobody really knows what's inside of you except you. And the only way I could know what's, only way I can really know what's in you is if I could take my spirit and put it inside of you. Then I'd know your every thought. Amen. You could, you might tell me, no, I don't believe you'd lie, but people could tell you, oh, that's a nice tie, Pastor, that's a nice tie. And they could be thinking, I wouldn't wear that. I wouldn't go out of the house with that on. See, I don't know. But if I got inside of you, I'd know. Now, he says, nobody knows what's in God but the Spirit of God. Verse 12, this is shouting ground. Are you ready to shout? Now, we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God. Why? That we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. God put His Spirit in us so we could know what He's thinking. But, now, verse 13... Which things we speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Ghost teaches. I mean, that's the preaching of the gospel. Comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man receives not the things of the Spirit of God for their foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. See, a natural man comes in here, the things I say are foolishness to him. He can't know them. But he that is spiritual judgeth all things, yet he himself is judged of no man. For we... For who hath known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him, but we have the mind of Christ. Look at verse 1, chapter 3. And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. I fed you with milk and not with meat, for up till now you were not able to bear it, neither yet now are you able. For you are yet carnal, for whereas there is envying and strife and division among you, are you not carnal? And I notice this, and you walk as men. What is he saying? He said, look, there's a lot of revelation I'd like to give you, but I can't give it to you because of the way you're living. You're living carnal. You know what I'm saying? See, there are people come to church, and they love the Lord. There's nothing wrong with them. They're going to heaven. But they could still be carnal in their actions and their thoughts and not receive revelation. And when others around them are getting revelation, they're just like, well, well, well my service is about over with yet or not. What happened? Well, the problem's not with me, it's with them. Now, I could have problems with me, but it's not with me, it's with them. Right? See, and this is what, this is what Paul's saying. He said, I, I would like to give you deeper things, but I can't because you're carnal. You're still babes. How you know babes? You can't feed that baby that T-bone steak. You start him out, you start him or her out on milk, right? Then you go to the squashed peas. 
Smashed apricots. Oh, brother. But after a while, how I many know they start wanting what's on your plate? Don't they? They start getting hunger for more. That's the way we should be spiritually. We, we may start out on milk. We may start, start out on smashed peas and apricots. But we ought to be reaching for some steak out there eventually. Hallelujah. Some meat, some potatoes. Amen. So what we're saying here is simply this. You know, um, <laughs> if we're not supposed to walk as mere men, what are we supposed to walk like? Think about it. Obviously, we're supposed to walk as spiritual men, living by revelation. The mere man is just bound by what he knows, by his five physical senses. But the spiritual man realizes there's a world beyond that. There's the kingdom of God. And it doesn't operate by five physical senses. It operates by revelation knowledge. In that world, I'm healed. Hallelujah. In this world, I may not be, but in that world, I am. Now, I need to learn to live out of that world so it manifests in this world. If you live in this world, all you got is what this world can give you. And Satan is the God of this world. So you're on his turf. But you get over here in the kingdom of God and you live by revelation knowledge and you live by faith. You're living in a different realm. Let that control what's going out over here. Don't think that'll happen. Get born again. See what happens to you. Man, I was just bound drug user. That's all I knew, man. Drugs in the morning, drugs in the afternoon, drugs when the sun goes down. That's just the way I lived. But something happened on December 20th of 1981 when I got born again. I got out of that kingdom. And I got over into the kingdom of God. I started living out of this game. I haven't touched, I haven't touched any drugs since that night. Now, that's supernatural. I said that's supernatural. That is supernatural. What happened? Well, I, I believed what I heard over here. I believed I was free. Hallelujah. And it manifested over here. Praise God. I don't, I don't have any qualms with people that struggle. Don't misunderstand me. But I'm just saying, once the revelation hits you, you're free. You, that struggle, it'll end. It'll end. Amen. Amen. It will end. I walked in my room. I've told you this story before. I'll close with this. That night I got saved. I went home. I, I sat down on the edge of my bed, getting ready to go to bed. And I thought, well, I remember, I just remember just like it was yesterday. I thought, man, I never ex- had peace like this in my life. I felt the peace of God. You know, Bob talked about the fruit of spiritual love, joy, and peace. Man, it showed up. It showed up. And uh, I looked at my, I looked up out, uh, at the window in my bedroom, and I saw a little imp-looking creature go out the window. He just went right out the window. Now, you have to understand, I'm a few hours, I'm an hour our old in the Lord, maybe at the most. I don't know about demons. I don't know. I haven't read Brother Hagin's book that says sometimes they look like imp-looking creatures. All I know is what I saw. 
I saw him leave. After I read Brother Hagin's book sometimes later, I thought, well, that's what I saw. I saw a demon leave when I walked in that room. He knew right then his days with, I was in the kingdom of God. Revelation had come to me. His days in my life were over. He just left on his own, like, I might as well book it. That was his, that, that's the last I've seen of him. Hallelujah. Now, you can believe that or not, but it's the truth. That's what I saw. I wasn't old enough to make, I, was, I wasn't charismatic enough to make up charismatic hallucinations in those days. I didn't know. I didn't know about all that. I just knew what I saw and thought that was weird. And then you think, man, did I see what I saw? That couldn't be what I saw. Oh, well, go to bed. But once I learned about demons, I thought, aha, that's what it was. I walked in that room and that demon said, my days are over with this guy. I'm out of here. Hallelujah. Did you get something today? Thank God for revelation knowledge. We don't have to be stuck with just what we know in the natural. We've got something supernatural. Amen. Peter said to grow in grace. Come on up, Jill, if you would. Peter said grow in grace, right? And in the knowledge of our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. What is he saying? He's saying, man, don't put all your effort into growing. Those are the very last words Peter spoke to us. Very last words he spoke. How many of the last words are important, right? <clears throat> very last words <coughs> he said is, is uh, you know, you remember last words, don't you? Don't you? People speak to you. I remember the very last words my father spoke to me. He was at a place where he couldn't really coherently carry on a conversation with you. So I said, Dad, I'm going to pray something. I want you to tell me if you agree with it. I prayed to lead him to the Lord because he'd never given his life to the Lord. Never had. <clears throat> and you couldn't, he was at a place you couldn't get him to respond like, pray this after me. He just wasn't there. But yet, I said, Dad, I, you know, because he knew about the, it, it wasn't like he'd never heard the God. He'd heard the gospel hundreds of times. Are you kidding me? <laughs> hundreds of times. So he knew. And I said, well, I'm going to pray this. And I want you to tell me if you agree. And I prayed for him to give his life to Jesus Christ. And I said, do you agree with that? He said, yes. And the last thing he said to me is, you're a good boy. That's the very last words he said to me. Well, I remember in 1st, 2nd Peter 3, 18, the last words Peter spoke to me is grow in grace and in the knowledge of our, our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. It must be important, isn't it? Amen. That concludes today's message. For more information about Oasis Church, please visit myoasischurch.com. Thanks for listening.